Welcome to the 12th episode in our podcast series about positive intelligence. We are Pam Knox and Charlie Jett, two certified positive intelligent coaches and partners whose clients include both businesses and individuals. In the last episode, certified positive intelligence coach Amy Moser and Charlie discussed one of the saboteurs called the controller. In this episode, Charlie and I will feature another saboteur, the restless. Ah, the restless. Right you are. Right you are, Pam. A naughty character. You know, the restless shows up big time for me in career coaching because that's my specialty. And the restless seems to be constantly in search of greater excitement in the next activity or constant busyness. And they're rarely at peace or content with their current activity. They may be bored on the job. They may be bored on the job, but their restlessness could be a strategy to perhaps escape from dealing with fears, anxieties, painful feelings, or maybe even getting leaving what they're doing uh, to get away from that boredom. Yeah, I can tell you it's something that I identify with. I like to say I occasionally wrestle with the restless, Charlie. And I can tell you, not only in my own life, but in the lives of my clients, that individuals that have the restless saboteur can become easily distracted and they get just way too scattered. They like to stay busy. They'll be juggling many different tasks and have a multitude of plans out there. These are the ones that seek excitement, but they want excitement to come from a variety of different things and not from the level of comfort or safety. They tend to bounce. It's what visually people get a sense when you're around somebody with restless, they bounce. It's actually in a way of escaping because they're, they're escaping from those unpleasant feelings that you talked about, those anxieties, those fears, and they want to do it very quickly. And they seek out constant new stimulation from all forms and all sources. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with you. And, and in the career world, sometimes people who are victims of the restless are, are become job hoppers. They jump from job to job, company to company and so forth. But, you know, as is true with all of the saboteurs, everything is not just necessarily negative with people with the restless because they do have their strengths. You know, they generally have um, a great deal of energy and vitality. They're open. They're very, very curious and spontaneous, spontaneous to be sure. They have contagious enthusiasm that rubs off on others, and they have an appreciation of life. And they're capable of great productivity, creativity, and they, they, they energize and engage others in co-creations. And they're capable of great breadth of activity and pursuits. Yes. Uh, who doesn't like to be around the energy of someone with restless? I mean, they're creative, they're energetic, they're living fully or so it appears. And, but, you know, it's true with all the saboteurs that you've been examining here on your show, these strengths, when taken to extremes, that's when they become what we call saboteurs. And this is where positive intelligence can help. The work of positive intelligence gives us a framework. And the ultimate goal of that framework is to regulate this imbalance between the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain, or to put it simply, what we 
do through positive intelligence. It gives us the tools to turn down the volume of the voices coming from the left brain and turning up the volume of voices coming from the right brain. So let's get to know the restless. Let's get to know that restless person. And now, how does an individual know? Either, either you yourself, uh, Pam, or a client or friends and so forth, how do, they, how do they know when their restless has shown up? Knowing that the restless shows up comes, comes in with an energy. There's a tremendous energy behind restless. So that sometimes they will describe it as they just can't settle in, they get bored. They become distracted very easily. Many folks with the restless saboteur, they've always got many balls in the air, they're juggling. And in some of my clients, I've heard them describe it as, it's even, it gets to the point where they see themselves as an almost pacing. It's a, it shows up physicality as a pacing mechanism. And then if you take away the physicality of it, we can hone in and they know that the restless has shown up because they've got this monkey brain thing going on where it's just spit firing and they're jumping from here to here, much like a monkey would jumping from tree to tree. <laughs> very, very good. Very, very good metaphor. I can just see that monkey jumping from a tree. And it reminds me of some of the really uh, people who are affected by the restless are generally very, very smart people. I mean, they get bored and frustrated, bored on the job, as you said. And, and this, this sometimes leads to poor performance on the job where they are thinking of something else and they don't do as well as, uh, as they, they should in the, in the performance of their job because they're always thinking of the next thing. Now, what in your experience does the restless surface in people who suffer from this uh, saboteur or you know people that you've known or yourself and, and why? Well, as you said, there's a boredom that sets in, but the source of that boredom often is a, a lack of fulfillment that there something becomes suddenly becomes it's not fulfilling and they just have the sense that there's something out there that's got to be more exciting. And with that, they're, they're just so focused on that next great thing that surface comes up that they're not even enjoying where they're at. Um, and then that creeps in and allows an open door for impatience to set in, yeah. that they just get really impatient where they're at. And, you know, they might even at that impatientness compare their energy levels because they operate at a different energy level and they might start comparing their energy levels to those around them. And they want to go, what's next? Yeah. What's next? I got to be on to what's next. And there's this, um, I see it all the time in business owners that I work with entrepreneurs and I see them where they have this, not only a lack of fulfillment, but it's just that, okay, I'm doing this, but yeah, maybe what about all these other shiny objects over here? Maybe I should be doing these. And um, it, it's, it's, it's devastating for business owners to be successful when they can't just grab a hold onto one thing. Oh, it sure is. And you know, there was a survey a couple of years ago done, I think by the Wall Street Journal that, that says about 70% of the people in the workforce are bored on their job. And just think about what could happen if somehow you could help them uh, do something to get rid of that boredom and think of the effect that would have on productivity because boredom is directly 
proportional to productivity on the job. And you know, I, I would think uh, I would think that that businesses would be uh, jumping at the opportunity to to reduce the boredom in their in their workforce, and it doesn't cost very much. Just give them, you know, you could speed up the variety of, of what they do and so forth. There's lots of things that they could do, but let's move on and try to find out where the source of that restlessness comes from. You know, where do you think that people who have the restless saboteur have acquired that critter? Well, I think for some, it, it's really, you know, something that they harnessed in childhood, maybe by uh, looking for some nurturing and attention, maybe by placement of where they were in their sibling lineup, that they felt like they, they needed to bounce. And, and maybe this bouncing started creeping in because they were actually running from an anxiety that got built up in childhood, or maybe it's the um, negative experiences that they might have had. And, you know, that feeling of not being seen or accepted. And th this is where the restless in, in, in having that negative emotion that they got grounded somewhere um, into them, that the restless is a great antidote for that because restless people don't spend much time with negative emotions. They're just running from them and, and move on from them. And um, so that just kind of fuels gives them the fuel to have this restless saboteur take root and grow. Yeah, you know, I think uh, it might come also in early childhood when uh, I, I'm thinking of elementary school, when you when you uh, have a young person in uh, first or second grade and they may have had a little bit of preschooling and are, are a little ahead of the class uh, of where the class is being taught at a certain level and they, they get restless and, and uh, it becomes a behavior problems. And at that particular stage, and then they, that, that just sticks with them for the rest of their lives. But they, that restless saboteur becomes embedded in them uh, early on in life. Now, you know, the restless, like all the other saboteurs, tries to appear like it's your friend when, in fact, they tell you lies. And, you know, what are, the, what are some of the lies that the, the restless saboteur tells you? And, and what are some of the counters to those lies? Probably one of my favorite that I see in, uh, I think back to past colleagues I've worked with on teams where it's this multitasking that, you know, multitasking is great. And look at me, I can do 17 more things than you can at the same time and juggle and look how productive, quote unquote, productive I am in doing it. It's just a lie. The other one that fuels it very commonly with the restless is that this life is so short. I need to live it fully. I don't want to miss out. I had this fear of missing out. I don't want to miss out on anything because, you know, life's out. Life's short and I am going to live it fully. Um, but it, it really is this lie because, as we know, life happens in the moment. And actually, restless people of living this juggling and this chaotic, frenzied pace sometimes are really living a diminished life. They think they're living full out, but it yeah. becomes this diminished life because nothing really takes hold and develops in their life. Yeah, you know, you've said before that they that they're missing out. And I sure, I certainly agree with you on that. And they're always thinking that, gee, there are so many more exciting things to do. 
that I can do and I won't be bored and frustrated. I'll be, I'm missing something. So missing out is right on the money. Now, when they do suffer the effects of the restlessness, it's, it comes at a cost, you know? And what, what would you say the cost would be to them when they don't turn down the volume of the restless saboteur? The first thing that comes to my mind is relationships. And I like to think about it, whether it's relationships as in your career with those that you work with or those relationships that you have outside of your career, home, community. Because again, when you are restless, oftentimes you fail to follow through on things because you're just bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. So then people feel as if they can't depend on you because you may not complete something. You don't follow it through fully. Or going back to that negative emotion things that when things come up, you don't want to deal with them. You escape from them. And so then people within relationships feel impacted by your behavior because you're not going into delving into something that might warrant your attention and seriousness and facing it. Well, I sure agree with you about relationships. Relationships in any career are really the key to success. I mean, you have to develop these relationships over, over time and keep them. And, you know, I think another cost to people who are victims of the restless uh, saboteurs is, is they tend to become job hoppers. And when they become job hoppers, they go from organization to organization. And if you're trying to build up a mosaic, if you will, of skills and accomplishments that paints a clear picture of you over time, when you bounce around from job to job and job, you tend to blur that. And it's harder as an ex-headhunter, for example, who is looking for candidates and so forth. You can always tell the job hoppers because you know, their accomplishments would be scattered, as you said. They're, they're here and there and here and there. Not a really crisp uh, mosaic or picture of who they are in terms of their career portfolio and skills and that sort of thing. And, you know, how do... Uh, the restless obviously gets in uh, in the way of performance or happiness. Uh, how would how would you what's been your experience of uh, of seeing this in either from yourself or from uh, your clients or friends? Well, I've had clients who might not have been that intentional job hopper, but they became looking for jobs repeatedly because they were released from jobs. And that was because of a performance-based problem that they couldn't overcome, where again, they just weren't staying on task. They weren't getting the work done. They were not taking the team from point A to point B where they were because they were couldn't get out of that idea generating stage or how about this shiny object and all of a sudden deadlines were coming up and or the project was supposed to be near in completion and they hadn't gotten there. I think that, um, if you're running a business and you're always running after that shiny object, again, you're not developing these deep relationships and retaining customers because they're not sure how you're going to show up every day, what business you're in now, what service you're providing now, because you're restless. And this will, in fact, the, um, affect your performance. And then overall, I think the biggest hit for the restless is in our own brain and memory, because Again, when you're doing this shiny object thing and you're bouncing, your brain's going to be challenged because the information is really not taking in all the time. 
you're not staying with things long enough for it to actually register back in. And people think, oh, I have a memory problem or something, but it's really that you don't recall it because it never got in there in the beginning, in the first place. So that I think that that's really big. And then this piece of not feeling your negative emotions when they're supposed to be your alert system, you know, living dull by default, it's not going to serve you well. It's going to impact your performance. It sure does. I just absolutely love your reference to the shiny object. That's so true. They, they, they see these shiny objects everywhere and they go for them. It's like trying to grab the brass ring from a merry-go-round and that sort of thing. Now, now uh, what I see from people whose careers I see that go off track, are they, 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 they see the shiny object as another job. And rather than think it through as to what it's going to do for their skill set, they, they take the wrong job and they, and they wind up in the same job and they may think that they're happier and for a while, but they may be happier because they're just living in a different town and are interacting with different people, but not building and not being consistent of building the, the, the skills that they should for build towards success. And when you talk to people like this, uh, Pam, who you know, obviously are victims of the saboteur. What are some of the ways, power, powerful ways that you use to suggest that they can turn down the volume of the voice of the restless? I think it begins with an empathy and an understanding of yourself. So that again, to have some purpose behind it, the restless, if they're doing this jumping, they might not have this purpose-driven aspect of where they're going. You gave an example of job hopping and yeah. grabbing that next job that comes along as opposed to being this purposeful um, going after and knowing yourself and having empathy. Within the context of our positive intelligence framework, probably one of the most important ones are these PQ reps that we do, mm -hmm. which are... A fantastic tool that anybody can do any age, any part of their career on the moment throughout their day that actually allows them to command their brain, which is so important for the restless person whose brain is running amok and running away from them in this frenzied pace, chaotic, uh, so that it just kind of says, commands them to focus, bring them back centered. They can do this visually. They can do it with auditory listening all powerful to turn down the volume. Um, but again, that empathy is going to help you turn down the volume of the judges and other saboteurs that might come up and um, be able to discover the gifts of the restless. In the quiet of those PQ reps and the stillness that comes from that, when you realize the strengths and find out how to use them and show up with those strengths in your workplace as a, you embark on your career. Yeah, you know, you mentioned PQ reps. That's uh, a really interesting uh, exercise for positive intelligence. And it's easy to understand, you know, intellectually that you say, oh, you can do something to turn off the, turn down the volume of the left brain and turn up the volume and, and reach the wisdom of your wiser self. But it's harder than that. It takes practice. You have to train your brain to do that. It takes time. And that's one of the things that I know that you have had and so have I have a little bit of frustration sometime when we, we conduct these courses on on uh, positive intelligence of getting people to practice these things 
they're actually developing new uh, neural pathways, developing new habits. And once that happens, this stuff works. And you're right, it turns down that volume of the left and turns up or at least enables you to hear from the right. You know, another thing that, uh, that uh, it came to me that uh, a person who is the deals with the restless can do that is very effective is just to stop, just stop and think, maybe do the P PQ reps and do something, but stop. Don't reach out and try to grab that ring. Just stop and think it through. Well, I think that's the point you make is that stopping, but part of that stopping is recognizing, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, is how it shows up and how to recognize that you're in restless. So that if for you, if that means that all of a sudden you've got that monkey brain and you just can't even focus on the task at hand, bingo, stop. Do that PQ rep. If you find yourself getting up and in this pace-like setting, pacing down the hallway of your office, or walking back and forth from the water cooler to the men's room or whatever, it's like, stop. There's some reason why you're on this uh, wavelength, literally. Absolutely. You know, now, once you've been successful in turning down the volume of that restless or turning, and then turning up the volume of your right brain and, and summoning the, the voice of your wiser self, or as it's called in positive intelligence, your sage power. You know, you're listening to that wiser self. When you do that, what are some of the things that happen that you can do to move forward toward a negative issue or a problem that you're dealing with when you're actually listening to that wiser self or sage? I think for the restless person with the restless saboteur, if they can get into that right side, that sage power side of their brain in that stillness, as a result of those PQ reps and to building up those new, not enough to build those neural pathways, you got to use them. Yes. But I think the, one of the big thing that happens that's so critical for the restless person is this activation that happens ah. because not that they need any more activation. I mean, in the sense, because they're so active and they're doing a million things, but that purposeful laser focused action that comes from being in the sage so that they can do that one Thing that is going to be the most critical to their success as a business owner or most pivotal for them in the workplace going up the ladder of success in, in a career uh, to choose that one thing and get grounded and do it well and, and, and perfect it. And even if that perfection comes from learning resilience in the process instead of abandoning a job that might be challenging and not going your way right now, but to have the resilience and stay in it to succeed and then take that wisdom with you either to the next job or to harness it in the job that you're at. You bet. And you, you, when you say pick the most important thing, uh, it reminds me of one of the, uh, one of the techniques that uh, Shirzad Shemaine in the positive intelligence courses talks about is the old 80, 20 technique, you know, where take about all these crazy brass rings that you want to reach out for, take 80% of those and put them in a bucket and ignore them. And, but pick, and pick the, uh, the 20% that really count and then really think those things through. And then as you say, activate it to something that's better than what you have right now. You know, because that's so true because I would be willing to bet this is uh, critical for creative people as well. And I would willing to bet that a lot of creative people um, have this restless 
tendency because that creative muse just flies in. And what I say to them that show up this way in my client base is to take that kind of like the bucket theory. But what I tell them to do is go ahead, grab that creative idea that comes through, drop it into your notes on your phone, drop it into some file and say, it's there. It'll be there later. I don't have to go down that rabbit hole right now and try to do that and see if it works in. But thank you for that creative muse that came in, hold it into something and go back to that task that is most critical for the now that's going to make you more productive and more successful today. Absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. Well, well, this has been a great discussion there, Pam, and, and I'm, I'm looking down the line a little bit that we might be able to get back together one of these days and, and talk about some other kind of subject. But uh, the, uh, the restless is quite a character. And uh, I think probably uh, the smarter a person is, the more prone they are, might, might, they might be to be restless. And uh, I don't know, I don't have any research on that, but that just, uh, in my own experience, a lot of these people who've had the job hopping problem are very, very smart. Yes, and I, I see that. I see it in the creative arena as well. But I think what's important, hopefully for your listeners today, is that whether they knew anything about The Restless, hopefully we've shared with them in this fun way. I've had a fun time and I would love to explore this further with you, if not this saboteur, another one. But I think that everybody, if you don't have that Restless inheriting you or you hadn't recognized it, I hope from this discussion, you've certainly recognized it in someone else and now maybe have a better understanding of that coworker or colleague, boss or family member who is gets in their way and gets self-sabotaged by The Restless. Well, I'll tell you, Pam, I've had a lot of fun with this discussion with you and so forth. And we're talking about the restless and for sure, we'll do something down the line. And uh, we might have another conversation based on stories. You know, you're a storyteller. And um, I think that you have a lot of uh, different stories that we can explore down the line in another one of these episodes. But um, how about how can someone get in touch with you, uh, uh, Pam? I love a good email. You can reach me at pam at pamnox.com or explore more of how I work with individuals at pamnox.com. Pam, pam at pamnox.com. I just, that's, that, that simplicity is powerful and that's powerful. That's powerful. Well, I want to, I want to thank you, uh, Pam, for joining me as my co-host and, and I look forward to being with you again and uh, in subsequent episodes where we can take a deep dive into something different but related to positive intelligence maybe one of the sage powers or something like that as we get to go down the line and again you can contact pam at pam at pamnox.com and that's p-a-m at p-a-m-k-n-o-x.com and you can you can find me at charliejetcoaching.com and if you want to find out about how boredom and frustration can really affect you and how you can predict how you're going to feel based on these things, you can check out a little website called thedoomloop.com. You'll have a lot of fun with it. There's a, uh, a couple of animated videos in there that shows you what can, what can happen to you if you become one of these job hoppers and if you are plagued by the restless. So I wanna thank all of you for joining us and we'll see you soon in our next episode where certified positive intelligent coach Chris Baker and I will discuss the hyper-rational. <laughs>